Hi, church family. I'm so glad that we have this ability to connect online. We're about to go into one of our messages and I pray it blesses you. If it does, make sure you share it with a friend and, and share the love around. Make sure that you click like or subscribe so that you don't miss any of our messages that we upload weekly. And jump in the chat so that we can connect. Even though it's virtual, let's make sure that we connect. So sit back, enjoy, and I pray that you're inspired and blessed. I must preface my first story here because um, if I start telling it without prefacing it, people are going to start texting Sarah and just saying, like, I can't believe he's telling the story. I asked my wife in advance. She's okay with it. She's not necessarily happy with it, but she's okay with it. Um, no, she's good. We're good. Hey, babe. Um, I, uh, I'm married to the most beautiful woman in the world. Uh, Ten years, double, double digits this year. And um, I'm a professional, I'm a pro, okay, 10 years, we know what we're doing at this point. Um, we fight, we kiss, we hug, we, you know, we fight again. Um, but in the early stages of marriage, uh, you know, there's, it's just love and like life is just sweet. There's like no kids around and there's like, we, we, li we were living under the Guns' house so there was just an anointing above us, like it was just a Shekinah glory and uh, we were just living in this really beautiful space and time and it was just blissful, you know, dual income. We were loving life and uh, I remember this, like my, I, in my eyes my wife is perfect and so she can do no wrong. Um, and so I have no question about her motivations for anything because she's an angel sent from Jesus directly for me. And, um, and so we're lying in bed one night and we're just getting ready to go to sleep and, you know, bunker down for the night. And, and she, she suddenly turns to me like with concern and a little bit of contortion on her face. And she's like, oh, do you smell that? I was like, oh, what's up? She's like, it smells like petrol. I was like, oh, concerned. Like immediately, like three months into being a husband, I'm like, I'm going to be the hero. You know, like, what do you need, babe? How can I save you? She's like, that smells like petrol. Is, is there something leaking? And I'm like, don't, don't worry, babe. She's like, it's coming from like, is, is it on our sheets? She's like, can you smell it? And she like lifted up the sheet and I like, like full trust, like just put my head down to the sheets and take this big sniff, just. <laughs> and she locks down the sheets on me after having just delivered a deuce of a fart and like, welcome to marriage. Can I tell you, in all seriousness, I have motivation issues now. Like full trust issues, question everything, take no prisoners. Like this is like, oh, I was never the same. I, I, like the one time like, we, we have a rule in our house. We don't use the D word, right? Like, it's just not an option. We're either married happily or we're just married. But either way, we're married, right? And so, like, that's a rule for someone. But, you know, like, this is, the, like, out of my mouth in that moment of just betrayal and, and sabotage, I was like, if you ever do that to me again, I'll divorce you. Like, just, like, <laughs> this just, like, that, and, and I have to preface, like, my wife is lactose intolerant. That's all I'm going to say. Like, it's just, it was, motivation's a big thing, 
right? Like we, we need to answer this question about like, okay, like if the church, like we're putting things up on slides saying we're doing this for the community. We're doing this for our building. We love, you know, we love people. You know, it's all looks good. But behind it is, is the question, what's the motivation? What, why are we doing this? Why are we so, like, why do we do this every year? Why do we take up offering every week? And please hear me, like, faith, love, hope is so much more than money, but I really want to answer the money question because it's, it's like a giant hurdle that people have to get over. And on top of that, if I could divulge just a little bit, like, vulnerability here, I've seen some of the names and some of the figures that come in, and the, the figures don't match up for me. I'll just be plain and simple. If, if we just do some simple maths, there's about 100 people in the room tonight, and if we're all giving 10% and the average income for an Australian is about $60,000, the numbers don't add up as to just our weekly tithes and offerings. Some of you here aren't giving, full stop. I know that. Pastor Carolina knows that. We're not angry about it. We just would wish you that you... That, we wish that you would come on board with us with what God's doing. And again, it's not about the money. We don't need your money. We want you to be part of what God's doing in this generation, in this time. We want you to actually experience firsthand for yourself what God wants to do if you put your trust, like Ben said, in Him through financially giving and through not just financial giving, but giving your time through serving in our teams, running a life group, whatever it is that you need to do to participate in what God's doing through this church. And so the motivation things, it's a big thing to answer. And the, the money thing's an even bigger hurdle to get over for some people. And I understand we all come from different financial situations right now, but it's never about the amount. It's always about the heart. It's always about the motivation. And so I want to take us through a scripture tonight in 2 Corinthians. And I really feel like this is the heart of our God and also the heart of our church in regards to why we do this. And so I've got a couple of points. Hopefully we'll get through all of them in the next 16 minutes. I'm not going to tell you that they're points. I'm just going to run through what I see and what I believe the Spirit of God spoke to me about through this scripture. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. This has got to be one of my favorite passages of scripture. We're going to go, we're going to do 10 verses, okay? Verse 11 through to 21. I'm going to read it for you from top to bottom, and then we'll go back to the top, and I'll start pulling things apart from that. Does that sound good? Yep. I've got to say, some of us actually believe this stuff. Like, some of us actually believe to the core of who we are, the, the core of our being, that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. So, and, and it, like, it... Oh, it enraptures our hearts and our minds. It captures every part of our attention. It, it, for lack of a better description, it, it ties us up with no other option but to give our entire lives to this. Like that's how we feel when we're talking about this particular subject. Is it's, it's, we, We're compelled. We are absolutely enthralled and compelled by what we've experienced and what we see in Jesus Christ. It, 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 his love and, and what He did for us, it... it motivates us it moves us and it missionizes us we we are we we and not just us we believe that everyone who believes in Jesus Christ should act like this we believe everyone should have a similar response when it comes to this type of uh, of a thing where it's like if we believe this if this is real for us then it's our entire lives this isn't just our Sunday thing this is our whole life like I'm all in 
Like if it, like I'm so concerned for a generation that can trust God for their eternity, but can't trust them with their finances. Like I'm concerned for like, hey, I believe I'm going to heaven, but God, I don't know if I can trust you with my 600, 700, $2,000 or somewhere in between each week, month, quarter, whatever. But you can save me for eternity. I just don't get the, like the faith disparity there is just like astronomical for me. I'm just like, like if I'm like putting my trust with you for eternity, you can have everything else too. Like, what have I got? Like, I'm saved. I'm, my soul, heaven, we're good. You need, you need my shoes too? Sweet. They're, whatever you need, God, I'm all in. And when you look at Jesus Christ and what he's done for us, the response of God is, I'm all in on you. Are you all in on me? And, and so I, let's read the scripture and see what we get out of it, all right? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11 says, Since then we know what the fear of the Lord is. We try to persuade others. What we is is plain to God, and I hope is also plain in your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you the opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our minds, as some say, as, oh, sorry, excuse me, if we are out of our minds, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right minds, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not, count, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. It's a big chunk of scriptures, dense, and there's a lot in it. And if I had to put a title on my message today, the, the title would be, um, oh man, I forgot my title. It's, not, I've, it's in my other notes. I've, some call us crazy because I sent my notes to the team and they're awesome. But I didn't transfer it onto my own notes. Some call us crazy. This, this seems crazy. Like we believe in a God we cannot see. We believe we hear him even though not often, although sometimes he does speak audibly, but not often. And we try to convince others of this same impact that he's had in our life through the way that we live, through the way that we give, through the way we raise our children through the decisions we make, through the fact that we, our lifestyle says a different message that's countercultural, it would seem crazy. And the truth is we are. Some more than others, but we're all on a journey to become more crazy, okay? So here we go. The first thing I see here is that we, we know what the fear of the Lord is. One day we're going to stand before God. And we're going to have to give an account for our lives. And for some of us, that's a, that's a 
pretty regular, normal thought, you know, like, yeah, cool, that makes sense. I believe in Jesus. One day I die, I stand before Jesus, and I go, thank you. And Jesus goes, here's your life. And, you know, it's a big, I don't know about you, but my work, my imagination works in the cinema. So it's like, you know, I'm imagining like big projector screen, TV, all of heaven, kind of like popcorn, Michael Jackson's there, you know, the whole thing, you know, and that's a meme, <laughs> whether he'll actually be there. Or not. Anyway, I digress. Um, and so, you know, like, that's, we, we have to do that. We have to stand before God and give an account for our lives. And I want to be really clear, our works don't by any means save us, okay? But they do count for stuff, okay? We're saved by the grace and the goodness and the mercy of Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross, saved. But once saved, then we, we have the opportunity to do good works in order to then be able to um, not only make a difference here on this side of eternity, but also build up for ourselves, the Bible says, rewards in heaven that will give us our experience as to how the rest of eternity plays out. And I don't know about you, but I plan to have a mansion, not a shack. I'm just saying, I don't want to be living on a shanty on the edge of heaven. I want to be right in the middle where the party's at with Jesus, okay? I'm thinking headland over sunset over the ocean, you know, that type of a vibe, okay? Um, and so I'm doing my best because that's what the Bible encourages me to do, to store up for myself treasure in heaven, okay? And I'm willing to give up the temporary and the momentary to do that, okay? All that is to say that the thought of actually standing before God one day does not um, scare me, but it does fill me with a respectful, reverential, holy fear for a number of reasons, mainly because He's God. He's so much more than what we could conceive, imagine. And yes, I know He's love and I know that He's peace and I know that He's kindness and goodness and all those things, but He's also a consuming fire, okay? He's also the King of kings, Lord of lords, reverential above all, stands in a class all of His own, higher, wider, deeper, bigger, more unimaginable, more unfathomable, like, you know, the fact that, you, like the Bible says multiple times in the Old Testament that anyone saw, who saw the face of God would fall down dead fills me with just a reverential respect, okay? And, and I don't know about you, but I'm good with that because I know where I stand in regards to Jesus Christ and what He's done for me. And therefore, I have this holy fear. I have this fear of the Lord. Proverbs tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. And Proverbs also tells us that wisdom is more valuable than gold, silver, and precious stones. Therefore, to live with the eternal perspective that one day I'm going to face be face-to-face -face with God is greater than any amount of money I could give, any amount of money I could sow or invest in kingdom endeavors. I, I, I'm, I'm aware that my life will have to be put into account. And that's not put into account of like, just tell God what happened during my day, but it's an accounting term, like profit and loss, like money's involved, you know, like God, God's given me this entire life. Everything I have, the very breath in my lungs right now, His on loan stewardship, and I have to one day stand before Him and go, with every breath that you gave me, this is what, for all 86,400 seconds of every day that you gave me, this is what I did with my life. And God's going to be like, good, good, maybe, oh, geez, oh, wow. I knew you did that, but even now, rereading that, that surprises me. Um, you know, like, that's, that's what we have to do. And so there's, there's, this whole, like, motivation thing starts with a, a healthy fear of God. I'm going to move forward. Uh, 
we, we try to persuade others. It says here, um, it says, since then we know the fear of the Lord, we try to persuade others. Okay, we have money on our minds because God has people on His hearts. That's what Pastor Mark says. It's like, we, we are trying to persuade others that actually this is real. And it's realer than anything you could ever imagine. It's more real than the stage I'm standing on. If you could see with spiritual eyes, you would see a host of activity taking place all over the planet because the the spiritual realm is real. Heaven and hell is real. People going to eternity is real. And so we do everything we can to compel and persuade others. This is real. Would you come on board with us? Would you give your all to this? Would you be all in on this with us? We want souls. That's where it comes down to. We are tied up with seeing one more, 10 more, 100 more, 1,000 more, 10,000, a million, whatever. We, we're not done yet. Statistically speaking, we're still the minority to those who don't know Jesus. And therefore, there are still more that we need to persuade and convince and do so not only with, hey, Jesus loves you when you pass someone on the highway or wherever you meet them, but hey, Jesus loves you. Let me give to that. Let me put my money where my mouth is. Let me shout you that coffee, give you that hamper, rescue you out of sex trafficking in our She Rescue Home, uh, give a week of my leave to go down to Red Frogs and, and give a week to pick up vomit and serve a generation. I'm, I'm all in on this. It's real. And, and, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to persuade others. The next thing I say here, see here is that we give everyone the opportunity to take part in the narrative of transformation. It says here, we are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. See, the narrative of transformation is where a heart is turned to God. The narrative of transformation is the transformation that happens from the inside out. And we're giving you the opportunity to be a part of that. If you've been here over the last couple of weeks, you would have seen video after video of people's lives being transformed, changed, because we had the resources at hand to be able to enact that change in the world. No resources, no change. Like we can be the most passionate, worshipping, God-fearing people on the face of the earth, and if none of us are giving, we can't do jack diddly squat. It takes money to, to rescue young girls out of sex trafficking. It takes money to, to resource the kingdom of heaven. It takes money to have people available and resources available to do uh, any one of the things that we're doing. And th the bigger we are, the more it costs. Like, we've got a big dream. When God said, I, I desire that all would be saved, all's a pretty big number. We've got a long way to go. I think we're closer than we've ever been before. I think we've got a greater chance of achieving it in our generation than more, more so than any other generation, but we still got to get it done and that's going to take resources. Would you come on board with us? Would you join us in this opportunity? Would you be included in that? Please, let me preface, it's not about the amount. It's about the heart. That's what this whole point's about because we're convinced that what's not seen is more important than what is seen. Moving forward, does this make sense? Listen, if we're in our, if, if this is making sense to you tonight, it's because God's making it make sense. And if it's not making sense, it's because you haven't yet experienced what it is to be changed by God. 
That's, that's the simple fact. Paul's pointing this out. He goes, listen, if we're in our right mind, if, it's for you. But if we're out of our mind, it's for God. I hope I got that around the right way. If we're, in our, if we're out of our mind, as some say we are, it's for God. And if we're in our right mind, it is for you. Like if you're getting this, it's because the Spirit of God is going, hey, what he's saying, listen up. Hey, if you're reading the Scripture that way, yeah, that's right. I've got a plan. I've got a mission. You've got a call of God upon your life. You're here to play your part. And he, like, man, you get to play your part. That's so exciting. That's so like, whoa. Like, like I said, Sarah and I gave our pledge. We fulfilled our pledge from last year, this year, and it was the largest amount of money. But do you know what my emotional like space was like? It was like, woo, you know, like, yeah, like, woo. I can't believe I just gave that much money away. You know, like, but I'm pumped. You know, like in the last, like we're a week, a week away from Faith, Love, Hope. I've already been given $2,000. Just someone just put $2,000 in my bank account. I've already had a conversation with someone which might, by the looks of it, line up a brand new car, which is one of the things that was on our list. Like God is so faithful. God is so, so faithful. That's why I'm excited. Not because I'm, I'm not like, oh man, I can't believe I'm giving this. I'm crazy. I'm like, oh, what are you going to do, God? And not just in my life, but now like, I'm believing for a young adults ministry that's going to bust wide open. Me and Siva. If you're on the team and you didn't holler at that, you're off the team. <laughs> I'm joking. But I'm, I'm excited for what's going to take place in the life of our church. Eight weeks ago, we were like in a real low point. Things were happening that were not exciting. But you come to a moment where you go, you know what, God, you're still doing something. I'm, I'm in. And you give and you're like, now we just stand on the precipice of what God's going to do. It's in His hands now. We just get to walk into it. We just get to continue to step from one miracle into the next miracle as He begins to open doors. And, and already we're in conversations. Of, like Pastor Carolina's like, oh, I just put the like annex building on there because it's a dream in our hearts. But like, quite honestly, she'd probably tell you it's like the 10-year dream. You know, like we'll get there. We will, but it might. And already the person who's jumped on board to help her run the whole project from a financial perspective and from a like project management perspective is like, I want to turn soil by the end of the year. And we're like, oh, good, yes. Yes, fantastic. We'd like to do that too. Like, and he's like, like going, and, and it's like, okay, God, like if you're in this, we're on board. This is the opportunity at hand. Okay, we're in. So if, it's, if this is making sense to you, if, if, you're, if you're getting this, it's because God's making it make sense. And if it's not yet making sense, can I encourage you? That's not a bad thing. God's inviting you still to be part of the story, but He needs you to encounter Him first because it's actually not about the money, it's about Him. And it's about your heart.